Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church around the world celebrates the very beginning of the season of Advent. Now, Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming or arrival. We as a church use this season to welcome Jesus into our life in a stronger and greater way each and every day of our life. But we also use it to prepare for the great celebration of Jesus' incarnation, his birth. St. John Chrysostom When reflecting upon the season of Advent, he said, We look to Jesus in the past, we see Jesus in the present, and we look forward and long to see him in the future. Well, what he meant by that was, in the past we recall Jesus actually coming into this world and accomplishing his mission and reconciling us back to the Father. At the same time, we see Jesus in the present. Every time we come to Mass, we see Jesus his true presence in the Eucharist. It is his body and blood that we see. And at the same time, we look to the day in which we will see Jesus face to face when we come to heaven and are with God and all the saints and the angels for eternity. Now, turn to the gospel. It sets the tone for the beginning of the season. Jesus says to his disciples, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Well, we all know the story of Noah and the ark, the great flood. It brought with it an end of life to much of the world. The flood was devastating to the earth. Now, I know this image doesn't sound very happy or pleasing as we begin this season of Advent. Yet Jesus is using it to warn the apostles about the coming of the Son of Man. And it will be powerful, just like a flood is powerful and will radically change the world, but change it for the better. Now, we all know floods can be very powerful. They can change the course of rivers, even change landscape. Well, Jesus is using the flood of Noah to teach us how powerful his coming will be. It will change the spiritual landscape of the world as well as our own individual lives. The world that was once governed by violence and hatred, especially sin and death, is all going to be washed away by the flood of Jesus Christ, the spiritual and the moral flood that he will create. Now notice that Jesus continues on. He says, In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. Well, the floods came and wiped away all the things that were created from the fall of grace of Adam and Eve, especially those things of sin and death. Now, a good analogy to help us understand this and the power of what Jesus is talking about is imagine a flood or maybe even a tsunami. Now, many of us have seen floods or tsunamis on the news and see how destructive they can be, just how devastating they can be in regards to the loss of life, 
as well as the destruction of property, homes, and businesses. Now, pretend you have an advance warning. You know ahead of time that the flood is coming, but you took no time to prepare for it. You took no precautions. And see, that's what happened to the people during the time of Noah. They were swept away. And so Jesus is warning his apostles, the same powerful force is going to come when the Son of Man comes and establishes his new kingdom in this world. So what are we to make of this? How are we to understand what Jesus is teaching us? Well, Jesus is teaching us the flood that he is going to create, the spiritual flood, will wipe away all the evil that was created after the fall of grace. More to it, after that flood, he will establish a new covenant such that humanity may be restored into a right relationship with God, the way it was always meant to be before the fall of grace. Remember, the end of the story of Noah. How did it end? Well, the flood waters, it says, receded, and Noah looked up into the sky and he saw this beautiful rainbow a symbol of the new covenant that God would establish with Noah and all of humanity during that time. Well, Jesus is telling us the same thing is going to happen through him. Jesus' coming means an end to the same old state of affairs in which sin and death reigned and controlled this world. All those old forces that used to govern this world will be washed away by Jesus Christ establishing his kingdom in this world. That's how powerful it is going to be. Jesus once said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, if Jesus is the way, and he is, all other false ways of living our life must be abandoned. If Jesus is life, and he is, then any life that is opposed to Christ and the teachings of our church must be changed. If Jesus is the truth, and he is, then all false claims to the truth must stop. See, with that in mind, then it appears that the language that Jesus is talking about, doom and gloom, it's not that at all. Now it begins to make sense, the message that he's teaching us. Go back to what he said. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Well, Jesus' presence in our life, it requires a change, maybe a sort of revolution, depending upon our spiritual condition. Jesus breaks into a sinful world, and the world is now required to change, and change for the better. Just like us, when Jesus breaks into our lives, and he does it in many different ways, in the Eucharist, in prayer, in a life of stewardship, he demands a change, a change in our heart, mind, and our soul, a change in our will and our intellect. The Lord breaks into our life, and we can no longer be the same. We can no longer live the same old ways with the same old lives. Paul puts it the best in Galatians 2.20. He says, It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. When Jesus comes into our life, he is like a great spiritual flood that sweeps away all the sinful aspects or ways of our life so that we can be renewed and be always in a right relationship with God just like he did with Noah, and just like he always does throughout sacred scripture. Now Jesus continues. He says, So will it be also at the coming. Two men will be in a field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. 
One will be taken and one left. Now, don't make the mistake that so many people do, thinking that those that are taken are taken up to heaven, and those that are left behind are somehow punished. No, that's not the case. In fact, it's just the opposite. Those that are taken away are swept away by the flood, the flood of the lure of the world or temptations. In fact, it's the ones that are left behind. They are remaining behind because they've made a radical change in their life and welcomed Christ into their life. Now they remain behind and they remain forever with Christ. And that's where we want to be. We don't want to be swept away by the flood of temptation or the lures of this world. Instead, we want to remain, remain with Jesus forever. Now, Jesus continues. He says, Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which the day the Lord will come. Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour of the night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too you also must be prepared. For at any hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Now that's great Advent themes. Stay awake, be prepared. We must be prepared during the season of Advent. Prepared to welcome Christ in a deeper way in our life. Through daily prayer, through coming to Mass every week. Engaging a life of stewardship. Allow Jesus to sweep away like a flood all those aspects of sin in our life. See, that's what he's getting at. Now, with that in mind, go to the first reading from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is going to be a central prophet during the season of Advent, an icon. In fact, we're going to be listening to Isaiah in the next four weeks of Advent. Notice what he says. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain raised above the hills. All nations shall stream toward it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob. Well, when we hear mountains in sacred scripture, they're always synonymous of places where we find the presence of God. It's a basic biblical theme. When we worship God, our lives are properly ordered to God, internally as well as externally. When we adore the Lord, then he is at the center of our life. Then everything in our life, whether it's work, relationships, activities, hobbies, they all fall into place with each other. They don't compete with each other. In fact, they're in harmony with each other. Well, that same thing holds true with society. The more society adores and respects God, the more you have harmony within that society. Notice Isaiah's vision. He has these nations all coming together, streaming up this mountain to be in the presence of God. Well, that's exactly what we do every time we come to Mass. Every time we come to Mass, we are going up that mountain with others to be in the presence of God. And we know that we are. When we gaze upon the altar after the consecration, we see God's body and blood there. We too, we come together from different backgrounds and different cultures, different languages, different ethnic and socioeconomic backgrounds. We come together for the express purpose of worshiping God. And that's what Isaiah sees, what we're doing every time we come for Mass. Notice also that little but very powerful detail. He says, The Lord's mountain is the highest, raised above the hills. So what is Isaiah getting at here? 
Well, those hills are symbolic of everything that is going on in our life. Our family, our friends, our work, our hobbies, our activities, those are all the hills that Isaiah sees. But more importantly, God's mountain is the highest of all those hills, which means God is at the center of our life. And when that happens, then everything that is going on in our life, all is in harmony with God and with one another. And that's what God's presence does in our life. One last thought. Turn to the second reading from Paul. Paul says, It is the hour now for us to awake. Our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Well, Paul's message is right on target, along with Isaiah and Jesus. Advent, as we begin this season, is a time for us to prepare. Prepare to receive Jesus in a more deeper way. Through prayer, through the Eucharist, through a life of stewardship, Yes, it is a time for us to prepare to receive him at Christmas and celebrate his birthday, his incarnation. But more importantly, it's a time for us to prepare to receive him each and every day of our life, heart, mind, and soul, and in our will and our intellect. In doing so, we will always remain with Jesus. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.